Welcome to Wisdom from the Word of God, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Owen Butler, endeavoring to reconnect people with God. Okay, saints of God, in Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 46, you'll find these words. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Amen, saints of God. I just want to uh, continue in our series of lessons on growing up day by day, part three. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. At the outset of our series on growing up day by day, uh, we contended with the uh, assertion that the church is not where you go, but it's who you are. It is not where you go, but it's who you are. The going, the place, is just a support system for bringing together the members of who we are. But the reality is we, as individuals, are all members of the church. Jesus said in one place, he said, don't say the church is here or it's there, but the church is inside of you. So the major challenge and the major critical moment and critical point of life today is whether you're coming into the church house but never letting the church inside of you. But when you've got the church inside of you, you know wherever you go, the church is with you because you yourself are a member of the body. But don't be like some who say, I don't need to go assemble together because what that is, is a blatant disobedience call. Amen. It is a blatant uh, disrespect of God's commandments. Amen. That says, amen, do not forsake assembly together. So in realizing, amen, that we are the church, it gives us certain responsibilities. Amen. As it relates to how we carry out our daily lives. We have a duty and a responsibility, amen, to behave ourselves in what ways are appropriate for being a member of the church. There are standards, amen, that God has set forth for us, amen. In the Old Testament, the standards was the law. There were 613 laws that the people of God as a nation, amen, uh, decided that they wanted to uphold as being God's people. But today, Jesus has fixed the complexity of the laws and have made it simple. And I said simple, but not 
easy. The reality here is that the simplicity of what Jesus has commanded us to do, amen, is that we should love one another as Christ has loved us. I said it was simple, amen, because he distilled it all down to one, but it ain't easy. It's not easy, amen, because we are frail and we are fragile individuals. Today we may be up and treating folks fine and smiling, and tomorrow we may be like a porcupine and bristling up at anybody that tries to say anything to us. Uh, we're up and down, our emotions, our moods, our situations, amen. But in the midst of our frailties, Jesus Christ has given us commandment to love one another. And, and that is the, the crux, that is the challenge of being a member of the church. But the good news is that God has given us everything we need in order to carry out that commandment in the power of the Holy Spirit that is with inside of us. It is a great work, but it's a good work. Amen. And he has blessed us with the blessed opportunity to carry out this work. And so we find our marching orders and we are able to see uh, some of the, the ways in which the early church started in order to see where we are to be going. If you look at chapter 2, verse 46, I, I, would, I would term that very verse that in everyday devotion, inside and out of the house. In other words, it's an everyday thing. Church is not just on Sunday. Church is not just on Saturday for Bible class and Wednesday when we go back to that. But church is an everyday thing. If you are to grow up day by day, you cannot skip everyday life. It is in the challenges, it's in the opportunities, it's in the ups and downs of everyday life that we grow. It's when you get that phone call and it's a disappointing phone call that have shattered some dream or, or some vision that you've had and now you've got to pick up the pieces and go on a little while longer. It is in those times when we learn how to trust in the Lord. It's in those times that we get to and we get to work our spiritual muscle so that it can break down and build up and make us stronger the next day than we were today. It is in the everyday life of the disagreements between men and women and children and parents and just all kinds of things that happen during life. It's road rage on the highway. It's responding to those things is where we find spiritual maturity. Because we can't be responsible for how other folks treat us, but we can be responsible by how we treat other folks. And it's an everyday thing. It's everyday devotion, not just inside the church when you're around folks that are almost just like you, but it's also outside. It's outside in the marketplace. It's outside in the homes. It's outside in the streets, at the stores. It's outside at the jobs. Amen. It's outside when dealing with folks, either over the phone or face to face, whether it's on the internet and the email. Amen. Whether it's behind a YouTube video and a comment, it's still living 
life as the church. See, sometimes I realize that some of us, amen, when we get on Facebook or Twitter or, or Snapchat or some of this stuff, we start changing. We say things that we'd never say if we were in the presence of somebody. Amen. There are some that, that I will talk to face to face and I will just marvel at how they behave when I see them physically. Amen. And speaking with them versus how they speak and how they communicate on things like Facebook. It's like there's a dual personality. But if you want to mature in the grace of God, you want to grow up day by day. Wherever you are, whatever medium you're in, whether it's in physical proximity or it's through internet, social media, you got to be the same. You got to be authentic. And that's a sign of spiritual maturity. Amen. And we see in verse 46, we see the saints of God that they continue daily with one accord in the temple. They had a devotion to going to the house of the Lord. We live in a time now that things are not quite structured the way they were then. But we at least should have a devotion to come together at least once or twice a week. Amen. We ought not be on again, off again. We ought not be here this month and miss three months and here we come back. No, there ought to be something on the inside that wakes you up and say, I got to go to church. I got to go see my people. Amen. At the assembly. Because my member and their member come together and God does some wonderful things. There's things that you cannot experience except when you come together as the body of Christ. Amen. So they had this kind of desire and that's, that's an indicator that we should have this desire today. We ought not put off church and say, well, I'll get it sometime later. That's almost like saying, well, I'll I breathe right now, but uh, I'll put the next breath off to later. Amen. We need one another. Amen. Amen. Because we're all a part of God's body. We look at the text and we see not only did they go to the temple, devoted to the temple, but look what they did. They broke bread from house to house. They they. They went from one house to the other. They went and they spent time together. They didn't just spend time at the complex. They didn't just spend time at New Zion, but they lived life together. Now that's one of the things, amen, that is somewhat waning in our current society. Where church folk, we may come together once a week, amen, but we really don't live life together. We may live it a little bit in our family and a little in other family, but the church family as a whole, we're really somewhat segregated, amen, as the week goes on. And then we try to find our way together on the weekend. But the reality is, if we're living that kind of life, we really don't get to know one another the way that Christ wants us to know each other. See, that's one of the one another's right there. There's the knowing one another, the praying for one another, the loving one another, to bearing burdens of one another. And those things happen on living life as a Christian. It's a day-by-day -day process. Sometimes we have to be in one another's lives, amen, because there are challenges that go through that we never even bring up 
when we come here together. But if we're living life on a day-by-day basis, we're there with one another. Amen. If you're just communicating on the phone sometimes, but more than just once a week when we sit here to hear a word. Because it's after we hear a word and recharge here, we go out into the world to minister. We go out into the world to be there for one another. See, the praying for one another happens here, but it ought to happen outside too. The bearing one another burdens ought to be outside too. We ought to know each other such a way that matter of fact that they ought to know New Zion. Amen. Because they see us living life together. Amen. We see in the text that that's how they worked. They didn't just have church in the church building but they went from house to house breaking bread. But this wasn't just breaking bread like the Lord's Supper but they ate together. They had dinner together. I know, you know as well as I do, there's nothing as intimate as a setting, amen, of sitting down and eating together, having conversation over a meal, talking about various things, amen, that you'd never bring up in a setting like this because that's doing life together. I'm hoping by now in this third part that you realize that this whole church thing is about being together. Right? Because we are the church. And there's nothing like the arm going that way and the leg going that way. Disconnecting itself from the rest of the body and deciding that it won't connect again until next Sunday. See, that's the reality here that we live in a society that fosters the separation but does not foster the day-by-day togetherness. That's why the kingdom of God is 180 degrees opposite of the kingdom of this world. Because the world's got you going one way, but Christ wants you going the other. Because church is not where you go, it's who you are. Amen. So you look at the text, and it says that they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Uh, That's a beautiful picture of the saints coming together to eat together. They ate with gladness. They they didn't come together to eat and to, to complain and murmur about what they don't have and who ain't doing this and who ain't doing that. They came together with gladness. They came together to celebrate the goodness of Jesus and all that he had done for them. Because when you get in that mode, see, that melts a whole lot of your problems away. So they came together with that. They didn't have time for a whole lot of this grumbling and mumbling. Amen. Because they was too busy praising the Lord. Are y'all following me here? See, those two don't go together. Grumbling and mumbling and praising, that just don't work together. So one of them has got to find their way. And so what ends up happening is praise takes over. But you know what? There's something else in this text. And we'll see that in just a moment. Now now make sure that you remember that they were with gladness. Amen. They ate their food in simplicity of heart. This whole idea of simplicity of heart is another term for the word humble. They were humble. What does it mean that they were humble? That means that they uh, considered others to be more important than themselves. Can you imagine the scene when folks have come together explicitly to consider themselves less 
than somebody else. Imagine a big banquet table with, let's say, 30 people at the table. Some of them have much, some of them have little. And everybody at the table is looking to see what they can do for somebody else. He who has almost nothing, he's trying to take what he has and bless somebody on the other side. Those who have much are looking for opportunity to give out of their proceeds to those who have little. So that everybody has plenty to eat and everybody has of the choice things that they couldn't buy normally. Maybe the rich ones down here has the 22 ounce ribeye, but those down there have the round steak. Well then those who have the rich ribeye says, hey, you can have my ribeye, I'll take the round steak. Cause I eat ribeyes all the time. And so now this person over here who has little is now being blessed and, and they're just so exuberant. They're eating something that they wish they could afford on a daily basis, but now they've got it because people at the table are humble. Look at that. Now, look at the text. Verse 47. And I entitled that, they liked what they saw. Let's work this a little bit and see what I mean by they liked what they saw. Now imagine that table. Don't lose that picture. But then look at verse 47. It says, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Now, I don't know about y'all, but if I painted that picture well enough and you were able to see that picture, that's a very attractive picture, isn't it? Imagine sometimes when uh, Sister Butler and I might go out to get something to eat and we're in earshot of some other folks and they're having some great conversation. Amen. It draws you into it. Amen. The other week we were at a KFC. Amen. And there were some other believers over here. We didn't know they were believers, but they were sitting over from us and they just talking amongst one another. And, and the vibe and the energy that was coming from the table was so attractive. And they were saying certain things and I was compelled to talk, say something to them. And then it opened up and then we were spending time talking and we forgot about what we were eating. We had ate a little bit, but now we were in the big conversation. And I don't know how much time went by. Amen. But the energy of their life, of living a life of joy, was infectious that jumped on us as well and we wanted to be part of it. See, when you live life in Christ day by day and you exhibit the kind of things that are in that picture that I just showed you, you're infectious. You're attractive. And folks will see you when you're living like that. Don't discount people who are sitting there and it looks like they're not paying attention to you at all. They watching. And if they see that kind of behavior, that's attractive. And they're going to want to know what kind of people are you. That you who have the big state will give to the one who has the little state and switch. You who has the abundance and things that this one can't afford, y'all swap and Oh, here, baby, here's a, 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 a brand new coat and it's getting colder than the coat that you have on. And they see that kind of behavior inside the church. See, I didn't say anything about outside. I'm talking about the inside. Because it first has to start with us. And then it goes outward to them. Remember the, the gospel message. The commission says that it starts at Jerusalem. 
then to Judea, then to Samaria, then to the uttermost parts of the world. But if it don't ever get started at Jerusalem, then it ain't going nowhere. See, it starts with us. And when we have that kind of life, amen, it's infectious. Jesus said it in another set of terms when he said, they will know that you are my disciples by the love that you show one another. Do you realize in that picture that I painted, that's love? Because you cannot love somebody unless you sacrifice. The one who had little sacrifice for the one who had much. The one who had much sacrifice for the one who had little. You can't love unless you sacrifice. Amen. But that kind of living as a church, as a family of God is infectious. And folks will like what they see. There'll be the occasional person that's so bitter, amen, that that'll even make them mad because they just have decided nothing is good anymore. So even good makes them mad, amen. There's those too, but for the majority, that's infectious and it's very attractive and they will want some of that. So when you look at the text as I come to a close, when they were praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily who were being saved. The witness was a witness of the love that they were showing one another. The people who were outside wanted to be on the inside because they knew something good was going on in there. They didn't understand it perfectly, but they started knocking on the door and asking. And those who were inside started telling them how from the outside to get in. So that's how the church was growing day by day because the children of God was living life according to the word of God, being attractive and humble in heart, and others were seeing what they couldn't get in the world. So they were asking, how can we be part of what it is you have? What is it that makes y'all do what you do? And then it was an opening to talk about Jesus. It was an opening to talk about the one who hung, bled, and died on the cross for sinners just like them. It was an opportunity for them to tell them about the story, about how he had changed their lives and he had turned them around and he had placed their feet on solid ground. It was the time for them to be able to communicate the love that they now know. It was that time for them to share with them the love that Jesus showed them and that they wanted to show the same love to them. So that those who were on the outside that were in need of love could now come on the inside. So today I challenge us as a body of Christ, amen, to live life together at the best we can and to always be humble, to always look at our fellow brother or our sister as more important than ourselves. When we do this, we can't help but show Christ to the world. And isn't that how the body of Christ grows by the Christians living on a day-by-day -day basis what Christ has commanded us to do? God bless you and God keep you is my prayer. Amen? Amen. Amen. At this time, we open the doors of the church, amen, one more time, amen, uh, that those who don't know him can get to know him, amen, those who are in need of prayer, amen, 
can come and get prayer. Amen. Specific prayer for specific problems. Amen. Because the Lord is able and he's a specific God all by himself. Amen. The Lord is so desiring of us to be all he has called us to be. First of all, and most importantly, that we love one another. That we be kind and sweet to one another. And that is what's going to win the world. First, that we show that we are his disciples by the love that we show one another. Amen. There is room at the cross for you. There is room at the from the word listening family I want to thank you for listening to the episodes of this podcast if you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts I have a big favor to ask of you would you go out and give this particular podcast a 5 star rating and also would you add some review notes specifically about what you like about the episodes what you like about the preaching and the teaching, and I will be eternally grateful. Thank you again for your support of this podcast.